Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about everything, everything that happened regarding Supergirl episode 502. Um, it, it was a very, very cool episode. It's called Stranger Beside Me, um, and... I'm really excited to get into everything. This one might be a long one because the notes that I have written out are, are pretty long. Um, but hopefully it won't be like super, super long. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but first, really quick, I just want to say that Batwoman episode two was so good. It was it was so good, guys. Like, if you're not watching Batwoman, trust me, you need to. Like, you need to be watching Batwoman. And since we're a week out from the pilot, I feel like I can kind of like say a little spoiler because it definitely makes the show more interesting for me, um, and that Alice is Kate's sister, which I thought that was so cool. That was such a good twist. They have such a cool dynamic. I think, personally, Alice is shaping up to be one of the best Arrowverse villains, like, literally ever, um, and I'm, I'm just really, really excited to um, see how her story unfolds. I'm, I'm really excited, um, and I loved you know, everything that Ruby did. She was really good. I think next episode, we're finally going to get the suit reveal, which, you know, will be super, super cool. Um, I'm really excited because right now she's been running around looking like an egg in Gotham, (laughs) in her, in, in Bruce's costume. Um, and it's just, it's, it's been a time for sure, but the episode was great. I loved it. I think it really found its own identity, like, because people were talking about how the, the first episode kind of had an identity crisis where it's like, well, are you Arrow? Are you Batwoman? Are you Batman? Like, you know, what kind of show is this? And, and I think now episode two kind of really solidified that for me, you know, what, um, what Batwoman kind of really is, which is pretty much a family drama. Like, it's, it's family. All of it is family drama. Like, you know, Kate, has drama with her dad, like, all of it, it's all about Kate's relationships within her family, and then also, you know, with the people around her, and it's really cool, it's a great, great show, I really love it, I'm really glad that it's, you know, the newest addition to the Arrowverse, it's really awesome, also, I live in Chicago, so seeing Chicago as Gotham is amazing, always, I kind of freak out a little bit, and they use it so much, I'm like, oh my god, they were only here for, like, a weekend, but they have so like, so many shots of Chicago. It looks amazing. And I know that some of those scenes that they filmed where they're, like, inside Kate's dad's apartment and you can see out the window, like, the John Hancock building. I know that those were filmed in a studio in Vancouver. Like, I know that. Um, But it looks like Chicago. Like, the green screen on that is amazing. So, you know, kudos to Batwoman. Love that show. If you're not watching, you should definitely check it out. It is totally worth getting to the TV an hour before Supergirl 4. It's a good time. It really is. It's a great time. So, here, now we're going to actually get into the Supergirl episode. I'm going to do it like I did last time. People, you know, didn't seem to mind how I did it, so I'm going to kind of break it down by character, what happens, and then I'm going to, you know, go into some theories and stuff. Um, Overall, I thought the episode was really solid. I really liked it. Um, uh, We'll talk about Lena at the end because I have a lot of opinions about Lena, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, I have, you know, I have some ideas, but, you know, obviously I have no idea, you know, what 
the hell the writers are thinking at this point, but you know, we'll see. Remember though, if you're freaking out, because I know a lot of people are freaking out, like, you know, Lena's going to be evil, like what is happening, all of this stuff. If you're freaking out, just remember that this time last year, around episode two or three, I can't remember, this time last year, Lena had Adam in the lab for testing and she killed him. So, you know, um, what can we do about that? Uh, but I just have a feeling that Lena is not going to be evil. That's just my preface that I have, I guess. So here we go. It was Stranger Beside Me for this episode. Um, and I'm going to start with James because he didn't have a lot to do this, epi- this episode. Um, basically, all he did was announce, kind of, not to the public, but to, like, us, that he's going to run for senator, potentially. Um, which is interesting. And obviously, if he wins, that could be his out for, you know, the show and, and you know, all of that. You know, he could you know he would be in DC like that's why he's not in National City anymore you know all of that stuff so I think it's really smart I think it's a cool way of honoring his character if that becomes his out um because I the last thing that I want is for them to kill him off like that is the last thing that I want because it's it's harmful and you know we don't need to kill off any people of color from this show because we're severely lacking in them um but yeah, so he 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 hung around with uh, Kelly and John, which I'll talk about later. But pretty much the big bombshell for James was that he's maybe going to run for senator. And he had some kind of offer from the Smithsonian, but they really like honed in on, on the senator one. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued for sure. So then we have Andrea Rojas, who she keeps getting more villainous. Like, I just don't like her. Personally, I hate Andrea Rojas. Like, I hate her. I I despise her character. Like, I think she's the worst. And I, I know I'm supposed to feel that way. Um, but, you know, I know a lot of people, they're like, oh, she's, she's hot. So, you know, we're gonna give her a pass. But I just cannot stand her. Um, but here we go. So, Obsidian Tech um, is playing an ad over the news and that gets Kara so mad but I feel like that's metaphorical of Andrea Rojas herself you know just like inserting obsidian into everything you know trying to make it because this lady in the beginning of the episode almost gets hit by a car because she's too busy I don't know having her airpods (laughs) she literally was the meme of like oh my god she has airpods and she can't hear us like, literally, that was that. It was really, it was actually kind of funny. But then Supergirl, like, saved the day. It was really awesome. It was a great, you know, superhero moment. I love when they start the show like that, because then, you know, you just get, like, this little hopeful, little comic-y kind of bit, you know, where Kara gets to save somebody and it's not a fight for her life kind of thing, you know? Um, but then we have Andrea Rojas getting very mad that Kara's not at CatCo. She's like, you are late, do not be late. We can finally get started because you're here. And she assigns Kara this fashion article about who wore what to her own party. She's like, it'll be really meta. And uh, Kara's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm more of like a hard-hitting journalist. And Andrea's like, I know you want a Pulitzer. I understand. I hear you. But I, w- I want to see how low you can go. <laughs> Which I think was obviously really just her way of being like, Cara, write this damn article. I'm going to give you this kind of like fluff piece and you're going to deal with it. That's just how it's going to be. 
Um, and then she says, all right, well, can I do two pieces then? Can I do like a hard hitting senator piece and then this fashion thing? And Andrew's like, sure, just get them to my desk, both of them, before noon. So then Kara goes out on like super girl duty, cannot get the articles done. So Andrea demotes Kara basically to editor, a like staff editor. <laughs> and Kara then gives her work to William which was really funny. Um, oh, and then we see Andrea at Elcorp. Andrea gets wind that a user's pair of um, uh, the contacts, the like obsidian contacts, they are broken. Like they've been broken. So she gets like an alert. And so then she sees the number or the user ID or whatever. And she's like, oh, I know who that is. And so she goes to Elcorp and she's like, Lena, you're messing with my tech. You're trying to steal my technology. I will, you know, you owe me an article. Like, you owe me a story because you didn't come through that last time. You owe me a story. And if you do this again, you will be the story. You will no longer owe me. You will be the story. Um, which I thought, th I thought that that was really, I thought that that was really scary. I was like, damn, Andrea. Oh my god. And she even implies that Lena is addicted to her technology. She's like, I know how much time you spend in there, um, in, in this VR, in the simulations, and um, most likely she knows what the simulations are as well. Um, at least in my opinion. I think that she probably knows what Lena's dealing with, maybe, but maybe not either. I don't know. Um, and then she cuts Lena off. So she's like, you know what? You broke your pair of contacts. Well, I'm not getting you a new one. I don't care. You owe me and I'm mad at you and you tried to steal my technology. So, you know, F you. <laughs> Basically is what happened. It was a really kind of a scary sight to see because, you know, Lena is always the one doing the intimidating in these situations. She is always the one. Like, Think about Morgan Edge. Like, think about what happened in season three with Morgan Edge where, you know, Lena was, you know, threatening him with a gun and like, you know, doing all this crazy stuff and threatening him and, and you know, all of this stuff being the, you know, big bad boss and, 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 you know, being a badass. And then now it's like Lena, you know, she was like getting totally yelled at by Andrea, fully flipping the sides, you know. It was it was really interesting to see her in that position. It was kind of it was kind of sad, um, in a way. So then we have William Day. He just is an asshole to Kara all the time. That's it. <laughs> he just is an asshole all the time to Kara, and I wish that he would stop that. I wish that he would stop. Oh my god, he just uh He's such an asshole. And then we see him looking at pictures of Andrea with somebody else. And I know. This isn't even a theory. This is just something that I know. Like, I, I'm so confident that it's going to happen that I'm just going to say that this isn't even, even a theory. Like, this is just facts. Uh, is that William is a double agent. He is working for Andrea, obviously, at CACO. But he's actually doing a hard-hitting piece of journalism on Andrea to try and expose Andrea and Obsidian and the evil doings that, that they're doing. I have a feeling that that is going to happen, you know, 
that's the only reason why I could think that he was looking at pictures of Andrea with meeting with somebody, you know. Um, and so then he sees Kara looking at those pictures and he's like, oh, shit, God damn it, Kara, why did you have to look? So then she sees, or he, excuse me, he sees that Kara is on the phone and it looks like she's calling about these pictures to somebody and he's like, well, I got a follower. So he assigns this guy to like follow Kara. And then he goes to the, he goes to the, the sewer. He follows Kara to the sewer. And guess who he doesn't find there? Kara. He finds Supergirl. Connect the dots. I'm sure he will. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to connect the dots very easily. Um, so then he, you know, follows Kara. And then we see him at work being an asshole to Kara again because he rewrote her article and Kara stands up to him. And is like, hey, buddy, don't do my work anymore. But then she's like, well, you know, you want to do my work so bad, so why don't you do this editing stuff? Ha, gotcha. Um, and it's, you know, just another, feels like another throwaway moment between the two of them where you're like, I get it. They hate each other. They butt heads. They're not the same. Gotcha. And then at the end, we see that he volunteers at a soup kitchen. Even though earlier in the episode he said, do I look like a charitable guy to you? Um, so obviously, I think, again, you know, it's all part of this ruse that he has to be this this awful, confident, cocky, snarky, awful jerk at work, you know, at his undercover job. Uh, but then he is actually a good person, which I'm sure we'll find out very soon. <laughs> but I don't mind his character. I mean, everybody online that I've seen is like super super freaking out about the potential of a romance between him and Kara but again I think we all need to calm down um about that as well they mentioned that he had a wife um I don't know okay we know that wives don't do much to stop the Supergirl writers from pairing people together um but I hope that they really don't go that direction with them because in this episode, he really reminded me of Monel 2.0, and I cannot stand that. I cannot deal with another Monel. I can't deal with another Caramel. I can't do it. I'll quit. I don't care. Ugh. I'm just exhausted of the writers putting Kara with terrible people. Like, honestly, honestly, if Brainy and Nia, like, weren't a thing, I would want, like, I'd be like all the Karadox, like, weirdos who are always like, you know, well, Rainy and Nia didn't happen in the comics. Well, neither did a lot of stuff. But, you know, honestly, Brainy's like the only guy that I would be like, oh, that'd be cute, like Kara and him. Because he's like a good person. They never put Kara with good people. Everybody's always a terrible person. Monel, you know, James is not the best person in the world. Like, I don't know. It's a lot. It, it's a lot. It's, yeah. I just. I hope not. Let's just leave it at that. I hope that they don't go there. But you know what I mean? I'm willing to like give it a shot if he is a good person. But Jesus, it just today or yesterday in that episode, Sunday's episode, it really made me think of Carmel. I was like, oh, God. Anyway, too brainy now. And Nia, I love them. I love them. I love them so much. They are the most adorable couple that I have ever ever seen. I love these heads. Like the breakfast, like Brainy made her a breakfast like burrito 
and she was so happy like she was literally so happy and it was so cute and Brainy was just so thrilled to make Nia so happy you know like it was just for him like that was everything that he ever needed like you know what I mean he was just he was so happy and it was so sweet and then he keeps doing it and she's like what the hell (laughs) so we see that uh Brainy delivers like 32 boxes of sushi to Nia's desk at work for lunch and he's like Brainy this is not it and Kara eats some which was so cute and then um but then we later in the episode then we see Nia getting pizzas delivered to her to Catco and and she's like Brainy this is not right this is not it I don't want this stop it she's like it's cute but I cannot eat all of this stuff and you don't need to keep buying me this stuff and Brainy's like well okay so then he's like she gets home from work and he's there in her apartment already dressed like like a poet or something and he's going to read her poetry and we see her like get in bed like trying to roll over and go to bed kind of looking exhausted from from Brainy and like I know that Nia's like feeling suffocated by him but like it's just because he's never done this before and Nia reacted so positively to that breakfast that he was just like well I need to make her feel like that all the time duh you know he was like uh you know this is this is what being in a relationship is like you know you gotta like pamper each other or whatever so it was just really cute. I really liked, I uh, I love the two of them together. So I'm really excited to see them kind of deal with that because, you know, communication is not their strong suit. I mean, Nia's communicating, but like Brainy just doesn't like receive the signals. So hopefully they get it together. Um, and then I want to talk about Alex and Kelly. And um, Kelly does incredible things this episode. Like she is literally so smart. She's so incredible. You know, her helping Jean was, like, everything times two. And, you know, it was really cool to see how much she believes in Obsidian and to see how much Obsidian is doing good. You know what I mean? Like, their technology is being used for good. I just don't think that Andrea or the company is good. You know what I mean? Like, because Kelly is clearly finding incredible ways to help people with this technology that she has access to and that she's able to help people with and it was really cool to see because then it kind of you know it kind of makes the case for obsidian where you're like well I mean you know like it's doing good things so can we really say that it's evil or you know whatever so I I think that was really awesome to see and it was really cool to see um you know her helping Jean and, and that was really sweet um and uh the cute breakfast scene that was very sweet alex made banana pancake or excuse me blueberry pancakes uh but she does not know that kelly is deathly allergic to blueberries and she kind of realizes that shit i don't know much about kelly and that is scary because i really really like kelly um so she's kind of like well kind of feeling that fear of of 
something is is happening and like somebody is coming into my life and they're trying and they're really like worming their way into my heart and and I don't know how to deal with it really I you know when did this happen she says she says to Brainy she's like when when did this happen when did I start to like Kelly so much you know and we need to get to know each other um and it was very sweet well it was kind of it was really scary when um Jean's brother I'm going to butcher this name, Malifek, Malifek, Malifek. Uh, It's got a lot of A's and a lot of apostrophes. Um, When Jean's brother pretended to be Kelly, Alex was like, oh, okay, this is Kelly. And then he touched her and she was like, this is not Kelly. Um, And that was really cool, like, to see Alex. And as Alex even says later, she's like, when he touched me, I knew that it wasn't you. Like, I knew and on the rooftop, I knew that that was my Kelly. Like, that was so sweet. It was a really cool moment for them um, at the end of the episode to kind of Kelly offering Alex um, her own EpiPen, like, to keep at her house, which is so huge. Like, you know, when you when somebody, like, trusts you to have their medicine or, like, their you know, they see you as an important person in their lives. Like, that was so sweet. And, like, a list of all the things she's allergic to. And she was allergic to cats, which is very funny. Um, same girl. Like, you know, I hate cats. Um, oh, and then um, we had Alex versus Kara, which was really interesting because it wasn't Alex, but it was interesting to see them, like, fight. Because I know that we all freaked out a bit when the... Um, set pictures came out and we're like why are Melissa and Kyler fighting like why are Alex and Kara um fighting and um but it was really cool to actually see them kind of go head to head even though obviously it was not Alex um and then Kelly got a bridal carry which was very cool very very sweet um it was really cool it was a really sweet moment um and then we have Jean and Malefic um his brother caused him immense pain uh which they then share um after their head to head in Jean's like detective agency which was really interesting um and we see that his brother is working with white Martians um and that he also worked with them on Mars and he was a traitor to his own people he was a traitor to the green Martians on Mars uh which was really interesting to see because like you know um I don't know it was just interesting to see that he would use his own power to like hurt his people like he mind wiped Jean like he wiped Jean's memory and he would do that to so many other of the of the green Martians to get this leg up for the white Martians and and it was really cool though to hear about Jean's telling of this uh, Martian war Um, because we you know we always just hear like little bits and pieces of it and and stuff like that so it was really interesting to see that um, in the show or to like hear about it directly you know what I mean and and it was really really cool to see his mind palace um, that it was just his office but then with a Martian door on it It was very cool to see him and Kelly in there um, and then we have Kara and how she struggles with her reporter side and the life balance that she's trying to find. Um, I think it's really cool that we're finally seeing some like conflict with her reporter, like with her Kara Danvers side. Because I would think or I think everybody thought that after her winning the, the Pulitzer, you know, her 
reporting life would get much easier and her supergirl life would probably get a lot harder. But currently, as she believes it, her supergirl life is super easy. Uh, but her Cara Danvers life is very difficult because of Andrew Rojas. Um, and at the beginning of the episode, it made me really sad to hear that Cara was like, I feel so much lighter now that Lena knows. Like, I feel so much lighter. I feel so happy. I feel like I can do anything. I'm like, oh, baby, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> like, it's just so, the dramatic irony is 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 painful. It is very painful. Um, but I also loved to see Kara stand up against Andrea again and William in this episode. It's really, really nice to see her have a backbone because against like people like Snapper Carr, people like Kat, people like Monel, she had a hard time standing up for herself. So it's really cool to see that development and that growth. I know I talked about that last episode, but it is really cool to see her develop and to see her grow into this very confident, you know, woman who is not afraid to know her worth or to stand up for herself in, in that way. So so that was really cool. I really love to see that. Uh, so here we go. We're going to talk about Lena. So in the it, when we first see Lena, we hear Hope, her AI, say, you know, Miss Luther, it's morning or whatever she said. And Lena was like, morning already? Oh my god. Like, implying that she'd been working all night, like she's losing track of time. She is already, I think, driving herself kind of insane. Um, and then Hope and Lena talk about um, a new system that she's creating, uh, which is named Do No Harm, but in Irish. Um, the name means do no harm. And it is creating a human based on morality, empathy, and logic. Uh, none of the betrayal, lies, or anything that anybody, you know, she wants to erase betrayal and lying from humanity, basically. She wants to reprogram humans to not hurt each other, basically, which I understand. Reprogramming people, not good, not good, but it is a noble cause. You have to admit that her her motives, like her, what she wants to do is very noble and it obviously stems from her deep, deep trauma. Like Lena needs help. Like Lena needs therapy. She needs help. She has very, very much uh, like kind of gone off the deep end, but not like in an evil way. Like she's, she's doing the kind of the same thing that she's always done where she's trying to help humanity and she's trying to save humanity and she's trying to help people. But she's just doing it in a much more invasive, I guess, and like aggressive way, but not even really aggressive, just like trying to take away people's autonomy, which is obviously a big no-no. Um, and so as we find out, she did, she was the one that stole Eve. I knew it. I, I've been saying that since like first time we heard that clip, but it is, it was to Eve. She stole Eve and she began mapping her brain. And then we got some Eve backstory, which was very cool, um, about how Leviathan, which she would not name, but uh, we all know that it was Leviathan, recruited her when she was 16 years old. She needed money, you know, all of this stuff. And she was like, 
I just said yes and now they own my soul and I cannot tell you about them because they will kill me and then they'll kill you. Like, I'm trying to protect you, Lena. I had no choice but to betray you. And Lena was like, no, you had a choice. You've, you always have a choice. Like, you know, Lena's just like really, really caught up on all of this betrayal. Like, and that's why she wants to eradicate that from, from human beings. And so then at the end of the episode, she reprograms Eve and puts hope, her AI, into her body. She puts Eve, excuse me, hope into Eve's body. It was crazy. It was, oh my god, it was so hard to watch. And she does it with, with tears in her eyes, you know, as if, uh, you know, as if she knows that what she's doing is wrong, but she just can't stop. Like, or she was just mourning, like, the Eve that she used to know. Like, I don't know. It's it, it, just everything about Lena, like, this t- this episode was just so perplexing. Um, but I do have a couple theories, so I'm going to get into those, I think, right now. Um, so I really think that maybe... Hope is controlling Lena. Maybe Hope did the exact same thing to Lena that Lena just did to Eve, but on a smaller scale. Like, Hope is just worming her way into Lena's brain to try and change her thoughts and to change her actions. Um, Because really, like, why would Lena put Hope into Eve? Like, her experiment wasn't to test if she could put her AI into a person, like her experiment was to locate the, um, the lying and the bad parts of the brain to try and like erase them. And that's what she had told Hope in the first place. So, you know, why would Lena take the time and like kind of waste a subject in a way to put Hope, her AI, into a person? Like, why would she do that? And, so it just kind of, it kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess if she just wanted a, an assistant, like, with hands that is loyal, like, I guess that makes sense. But wouldn't it make more sense for Lena to try and test on Eve to see if she could reprogram humans? Not put an AI in them, but if she could just reprogram them to, you know, not have the capacity to lie, to, you know, to have uh, bad thoughts or whatever she's trying to get rid of. So I think that Hope is controlling Lena because who benefits the most from having Hope inside a body other than Hope? Like, Hope literally, you know, would want a body so that she could have full autonomy and and that makes her more dangerous. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't know, just the way that Lena was crying when she was doing it, you know, it's almost as if she was not fully in control of what she was doing or of what she was, you know, what she was doing to Eve. Um, especially because, you know, again, Hope would need a body to be autonomous. Like, she couldn't do anything when she was just a mere suggestion in Lena Luther's ear. Now she has a body. Now she's got hands. Now she can do stuff, which is really scary. Um, and, and this all kind of works in with that quote that Kara will fight for Lena's soul this season because I think that hope is corrupting her soul. Like she's already, 
because people were pointing out last night they were like lena's so out of character this episode like she would never do this she would never you know and i'm like well what if that's the point what if we're supposed to notice that lena is acting very out of character like she wouldn't do that so maybe we're supposed to be like yeah lena would never react that way or lena would never you know hurt eve that way lena would never do this to be like well what is going on with lena then because i think again i just don't think that they're gonna make lena evil like i just don't I don't think so. I think that that would be such a disservice to her character at this point, and it would be such a disservice to the show at this point. And I think they know that, I mean, you know, Lena Luthor has a really big fan base, and not that they'd, like, lose viewers or anything, but that people would be really mad if they mishandled this character. So, I I don't know. I just think that she's already kind of wormed her way into Lena's mind. And I also have this theory that, like, since Eve was involved with Leviathan, I think that maybe Hope is tied to Leviathan. Because Lena, I believe, we don't really know where Hope came from or how Lena created Hope. But I believe that she created Hope either using the technology from the contacts, which would kind of make sense why Andrea Rojas was very, very mad, um, using that kind of technology, you know, I don't know, manipulating it and, like, taking inspiration from it, because Hope works, you know, in tandem with the contacts, so obviously Hope is synced to the Obsidian server, so, and we think, at least I think, that Obsidian is very heavily tied to Leviathan, and we got set pictures of of the actress who plays Andrea Rojas talking to that lady from the finale last year, the Leviathan lady. So obviously, you know, she's got some sort of connection to Leviathan. And so I think that it is very likely that Hope coerced Lena into reprogramming Eve because that way Leviathan would not have to worry about Eve. It was basically like killing Eve without actually killing Eve. You know what I mean? Like getting rid of all of her knowledge of Leviathan. You know, she was so scared of Leviathan. Like why mention that? Why say that to Lena if they weren't a huge threat? You know, why why plant that seed in the beginning of the episode if it wasn't going to kind of come back? And I feel like Hope has some connection to Leviathan through this obsidian technology who I believe is connected to Leviathan. So I genuinely think that Leviathan basically used Hope to manipulate Lena and try and coerce Lena and kind of not take over, but, you know, she, I think she's kind of mapping Lena as well, like without her knowledge and storing this away. And so then they used that power that they have over Lena to basically get rid of Eve, to get rid of somebody who knows all their secrets, who's gone rogue, who they want to take out, basically. You know, it's like tying up a loose end. So, I don't know. I I hope that that's kind of what's going on, because that's... I think that that's a really cool storyline, but that's just me. <laughs> um, And I think that, honestly, like, this is gonna be, like, either the once and for all Lena proves that she's not like her family or the season will end very tragically for Lena. 
And I, I, I obviously hope that it's the former. I hope that, you know, she finally realizes that she is nothing like her family and that she is a hero because she saved the day so many freaking times. Never gotten a thank you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think that, you know, hope has genuinely like started to affect her subconscious and implanting ideas and she's been losing track of time probably because of this and she's mapping Lena, all this stuff. So I don't know. I just, I just don't, I, like I said, I think this is their way of writing evil Lena without actually making Lena evil. So hopefully, hopefully that's true. I, I don't know. I hope, I hope that's true. Um, uh, but I just, I really liked this episode. I really thought that it was, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I, obviously the, tw- I mean, the twist with Lena just made my draw, jo- my jaw like drop. Like last night when I was watching this episode, my jaw fell to the floor. I was like, what? Like screaming at my TV. Like, what are you talking about? Because that was just insane. That was totally a plot twist that I did not see coming. I don't know. I was just like, holy shit. Like, that is crazy. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm very nervous about Lena. About what's going on with her. About all of this stuff with Leviathan. All of this stuff with Andrea. Like, because I genuinely feel like for the first time, we have a genuine threat to Lena. Like, she's obviously in a very, very, very vulnerable state. Um, and I feel like Andrea and, and Leviathan and Hope and all of, all of those things, Obsidian, all of that combined, you know, makes for a big mess for Lena. Honestly, it really does. Cause you know, she, she's very emotional. She's, she's very, 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 very emotional. And she's very, I mean, she's trying hard to get rid of that, but she's, she's very affected by all of this. So like, I think that she was the perfect target, honestly, for this, because she's so damaged right now that she just can't, she wouldn't notice. Like, she's so hyper-focused on this that I think Hope could easily be mapping her brain. Hope could easily be manipulating her. So, I hope that's all it is, but, you know, again, we never know with the Supergirl writers. Um, but I did really like it, so... Um, oh, and then I loved that at Comic-Con, Melissa was like, oh, it's a bowl of Rocky Road ice cream, uh, the dynamic between Car and Lena this season. And then in this episode, um, she was like, yeah, here's your neighbor's melted Rocky Road ice cream. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I thought that was a really funny, like, callback, um, little Easter egg kind of thing that Melissa was dropping at Comic-Con. So that was really cool. Um, and then next episode... Looks like a freaking spooky one. I hate spiders, so it's going to be a trip. But it looks really interesting, this villain. Um, looks like she seduces men and then gets her spider tattoo to hurt them. And, like, give them tattoos on their heart. But it's just a spider. Like, it just crawled in them, which is really gross and creepy. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this one. Especially since Ozzy tweeted this... Oh, she, well, okay. The tweet was from uh july 29th and she said today is the coolest day on set and i can't wait for you guys to find out why and she said 
yesterday she said this tweet was about next week's episode episode three and i can't wait for you guys to see why i'm very intrigued i'm very i'm very intrigued to see what happens with that because at the time a lot of us were like hmm vancouver pride was like right around then and we're like well maybe you know maybe it's like a pride episode so that'd be really fun um, but I definitely think that I am boo-boo the fool for thinking that. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I feel like it's probably, maybe there was like a costume party. That would be really cool. Like if it's a Halloween kind of episode. So maybe, you know, Kara has like a costume party for this episode and they all get to dress up in like fun costumes. That would be really fun. Um, maybe there's like a girls night I don't know we saw the pictures um there was stills released from this episode uh that showed like Kara and Lena hanging out at Lena's place you know we so we saw stuff like that I don't know I don't know what to think I'm kind of curious to see what happens with this next episode I'm trying really hard not to get my hopes up about any kind of like crazy ridiculous stuff that could happen but Again, we all did kind of at the time believe that maybe it would be something Pride-related, but I, I just don't think so. Uh, so I think that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. Um, I hope that you enjoyed the episode this week. Let me know. I know that it was a very, very mixed reaction from people. People were either kind of pissed. It was very much a season three vibe on the timeline last night uh, where people were, like, pretty pissed. I'm like, okay. Um you know, which it's because it's been really nice. Uh, the overall reaction to Supergirl lately has been so, so, so nice, um, you know, from fans and stuff. And, and to see the storyline go in this direction is a little bit worrying just because, you know, people get so upset about, you know, things being done to Lena and Lena potentially going evil. So it's, it's, you know, it's now it's going to be a very mixed reaction again. Um, but hopefully, hopefully you guys stick around. I know I'm going to, even if it goes to shit. I, I'll still be here, but I'll be complaining for sure. If I had a pod- if I had this during season two, I would have just been ranting about Monel for like an hour. I used to just like do that to my sister. I'd make her listen, but I would have ranted to you guys. So hopefully it doesn't go back to that. Um, cause I've really enjoyed the show, uh, last season and then into this season as well. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, again, keep in mind it is only episode two, so no need to worry about all kinds of like end gamey stuff because literally only episode two. We have so much room, you know, for things to develop. But, um, one of my mutuals pointed out last night, they were like, uh, you know, this season feels like it's going really, really fast. Like the, the storyline, I mean, because normally in the beginning of the uh, season, they'll have a couple like filler episodes and, you know, like they won't dive into the main plot right away. But, you know, last night we saw Lena just fully put Hope into a body. We saw Hope going to Eve. And I did not expect that for the second episode of the season. But obviously they have to fast track everything because of crisis. There is a crisis coming. So, you know, it's a bit worrying on that front. Um, so I hope you guys, oh, really quick though, the ratings for for Sunday's episode were a bit soft. They're a bit soft, bit soft. Um, so if you have, if you have a minute or, you know, you just feel like rewatching, you can go on the CW's app and rewatch and it will count, like it will help the show a lot. Um, you can also, if you DVR'd it, like if you recorded it on your TV, you can watch that again and that will help the ratings as well. Um, 
But one thing to make sure to do is to live tweet with the hashtag, hashtag Supergirl, uh, during the episode because the CW, according to a lot of people and even some Legends of Tomorrow stars have said this, that the CW doesn't really care all that much about ratings, but they do look at streams on the app, they do look at DVR, and they look at tweets during the episode. So the more tweets that a show has, they're like, oh, the more people are interested in it. So I would, you know, if I do it, I do it every week, but, you know, tweet, live tweet the show with the hashtag, hashtag Supergirl every Sunday. And it draws some cool people to, you know, your page and to your tweets. Like I've had writers like my tweets before and stuff. So they definitely see that stuff. And they, that's also the easiest way to like voice your opinion. Like if you are really, really passionate about Lena not going evil during the episode, like tweet that shit out with the hashtag and maybe they'll see it. Maybe they will respond. But that is how they gauge the reactions. So I would use that if I were you. Um, And then you can also go on IMDb, rate the episode. Definitely, you know, give it a, I mean, you don't have to give it a good rating, but just be honest, you know. And um, yeah, so Hopefully you guys enjoy next week's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, you can rate on iTunes. And it was really cool to see that there are three ratings on iTunes, which is just so freaking cool. I It made me so, so happy. And like, thank you to any to whoever that was who took the time to like rate the podcast. It really made me happy. So if you could do that, I guess it helps. Um helps I guess like you know show that people are interested in my podcast so if you could do that that'd be really cool you can also follow me on Spotify like subscribe whatever on YouTube you know leave me a comment let me know what you think what your theories are what you think of my theories um and yeah so I hope you guys enjoy the next episode and I will see you next week bye